Welcome back to another episode of the Resellers Mindset Podcast. My name is Mike, also known as the Used Book Guy on YouTube, along with my friend and fellow full-time reseller, Johnny B. We help people start and grow their reselling businesses from the ground up. We also have a weekly Zoom call and private Discord for all YouTube members. Head on over to youtube.com backslash usebookguy to join the channel and gain access to the full-length podcast, Zoom call, and private Discord today. Let's get into this week's episode. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Reselling Mindset Podcast. Mike here, Use Book Guy over on YouTube, alongside Johnny B, who lives in his eBay warehouse. Today's topic is a fun one, and I kind of, you know, I'm going to pick on Johnny B a little bit because he works a lot harder than me. So we're going to cover basically how you can do less work and make more money in reselling. And I think this is, you know, I don't think this business model is really talked about. It's kind of just, hey, you're just going to have to grind and grind and grind, all right? Like the low dollar stuff. And uh, I do think there is another way where you can get, you know, your time back and continually make, you know, the money you were making when you were grinding or, you know, maybe you don't have a lot of time to put into it. So for me, it's a little bit different here, right? I primarily sell on Amazon and if, I mean, I would assume here 99% of people that have sold on Amazon and eBay are always going to say Amazon is the easier platform to sell on. You agree with that? I think it has the most tools to enable you to sell stuff easier. But as far as easeability of the day-to-day, -day, no. Okay, but knowing it, like, once, if I got a list of box of books and you got a list of box of books, like, I'm going to win every time. Yeah, you're going to be done before me. Absolutely. I think, I think the, I, I don't Maybe it's, it's not only work, but I think you really don't need to know stuff to sell on Amazon. No, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> you can be dumb as nails, right? Because the software kind of makes it like, all you got to do is read the software, right? And it tells you exactly what something Well, to be fair, I only have one software to read. Amazon, you have like five. That is true. You, they're always, you know, when you scan it, when you list it, when you're repricing it, like you just, you can easily get caught up in the numbers and like analysis by paralysis. I mean, there, there's what? There, there's Amazon itself, there's Keepa, there's Reprice It, um, and then whatever uploading software you're using as well. So there's four right there. And then there's probably a fifth one that I'm missing because it's been a minute. I do think though, like the easy way to do this is just increase your ASB, right? I mean, that's the common sense way if you want to, make the same amount of money and do less work, right? Instead of selling two items for $10, what about if you just sell one item for $20? And like, I don't know. I don't, I think people are scared to leave the junk behind, right? Like to buy $10 stuff. It's like, oh my God, I got it for free. I got to list it. Like, no, you don't have to do nothing with it besides throw it in the bin. <laughs> I mean, there, there's two ways to make money, in my opinion. You list a metric ton, like truckloads, or you do what you're talking about, which is a higher ASP. So you have quality versus quantity. That's all it comes down to. Can they make the same? Yes. Can one make more than the other? Yes. Um, but that that is shift as far as then it comes down to the person, which one makes more money, right? How how many hours did they work doing what they're doing? And um, what kind of operation are they running? Are they a one-man show or are they a team? So there, there's some variables and nuances there. I don't think you can do both though. Like what you just said, like, cause I, I, it kind of reflects, you know, my everyday life of, Hey, I go out and I cherry pick items from thrift stores. Well, I couldn't, in addition to that, have Gaylords being dropped off to me at the storage unit. Like that's not going to work. And I think a lot of people wind up falling into that space where it's like, Hey, I want all the books in the world. I want all the sneakers in the world. When in reality, if you would just go out and choose what you know is worth the money and sell that instead, you would probably be better off. I think it's one of those things where it's just like 
you don't realize the the crap show you're stepping into until you know you have a thousand pieces of inventory you have to find out you know what am i going to do with this because it's not worth it yeah but you're also hmm, i'm gonna roll it back here because i have two important things to say so the volume guy he's going to get the asp items and the low end items the other guy is just going to get the higher end items however Time-wise, you got one going out, cherry-picking. How much time is he putting in on the drive time and the dealing with salespeople time? And then you got the other guy who's just dealing with untracking, unpacking trucks. Are they spending the same amount of time, question mark? Now, in theory, if ASP guy could have that stuff come to him, he's one. He's, I think he's way ahead of the Gaylord or bringing it in bulk guy. Honestly, if, if the ASP guy can figure out that one key thing, how does it come to me? When he wins, it is like so. We just flipped the script, right? I go thrifting two full days a week. Uh, like so, if I just had two full days to process Gaylords of media, mm -hmm. um, I would. It's tough for me. I would probably say I still come out ahead thrifting, and it'd be, it would be. I mean, it's a lot less work. Yeah, it's more driving, but I mean moving all that inventory just to find the ones that are worth it and i think a lot of that is you know maybe for some reason if you have a magical warehouse that you have for free in your backyard maybe that would make sense but for any of us resellers out there we don't have that space so we can't set up you know a sorting table a forklift uh, a conveyor the overhead's house. extreme and that's just that's just you doing all that what if you brought in a person to help you the team aspect right well now you got overhead as far as employee cost what if they get injured oh my gosh workman's comp ah i'm gonna, I'm gonna i'll let you answer this one first because this is going to be what what goes through everybody's mind when you tell them just to sell better quality stuff well, Johnny, there's no better quality stuff in my area. What am I supposed to do? I'll let you go first, and then I'll kind of go off the rails on it. I mean, expand your bubble. Um, go outside where you're, you're at. If you're only driving an hour, maybe you have to do two. Go to two-hour radius. If that doesn't work, maybe three. If that doesn't work, four. If that doesn't work, maybe start looking online or start looking in areas where you wouldn't start like if you've never done a like church rummage sale maybe you start going to those maybe you start looking at estate sales maybe you start looking at library sales maybe you start looking okay i don't have a goodwill bins but what does goodwill bins do with it when they're done with it where does it go start thinking that where, where's the end of the line for all this stuff i mean you hear it in the clothing realm rag houses right well what's the rag house for books go find that yeah, I did. I do think a lot of people just assume that like the thrift store, that's it, right? Because that's all you see, you know, like you, you just see people at the thrift stores finding things worth millions of dollars everywhere you look. And it's honestly the like, if you're just going to rely on thrift stores, sooner or later, you're going to get burnt and your business is going to wind up suffering because you're at the will of the thrift stores at the end of the day. So that is a good point to kind of bring up. And I do think like you're doing, listen, Resellers, if you're listening to this, stop working for free. I don't care what platform you're selling on, what you're selling. Just because you sold the hole puncher for $5, how much time did it take you to list the hole puncher? How much time is going to take you to pack the hole puncher? How much time is it going to take you if somebody has a question about the hole puncher? Is it automatic? Is it manual? Is it battery operated? Stop listing the garbage. Like it's, I just need a shirt that says that, and I'd wear it every single YouTube video because – People get obsessed with just wasting time and 
you're just spinning your wheels at that point. You're just working for nothing. And I just think to myself, like, I, I have uh, one-fifth of the inventory I carried last year in Amazon. I'm doing one-fifth the work, and I'm still making the same amount, if not more money, at this point in time. Sure, I could send in 15, last year, you know, 15 boxes a week. This year, three to four boxes a week loaded with higher profitable stuff. Just that alone, like, I mean, come on. You got to eat. I would say I'm playing a different game than everybody, but it's the truth. I'm not chasing this junk. You guys can sit out here, you know, in your what sold videos, and I sold a CD for $3. I sold a book for $4. Uh, like, that, it's not going to work. It's not, you're not going to scale it to the point where Johnny says, hey, you're going to need a warehouse. You're going to need employees. That's not you. It's just you as a single person, right? It's not going to work at the end of the day. Like, would you... Do you, would your business still be open if you sold all your books at four dollars plus shipping? No, I there would. I, I, the lights should be turned off, and I would have an eviction notice. I'm just saying. So, like, get out of the mindset of selling this lower. And oh, I I'm not finding as much when I'm out thrifting. Well, duh, because you're only taking the good stuff. So not only are you spending less, you're making more money. You're listing less. You're selling less, and at the end of the day, you're working less, and you're making more money. Like, <laughs> like, hello, is anybody inside? You watch, I'm knocking on your screen right now. Stop selling the junk. Like, get that out of your mindset. Now, here's a prime example. I fell victim to this earlier this year because, like, I do quality listings. It'll sell for my price point, and I started listing the junk I've accumulated for a bulk buy. I did about two and a half months of that. You know what? It doesn't sell. It wasn't old and vintage. They were still paperbacks mainly. So what am I doing now? I'm liquidating them for like four bucks on eBay right now. I sold four Nora Roberts last night for $14. Do you know how much work went into those four Nora Roberts books that I thought I could sell for $12.99 a pop? Too much is the answer to that. So it does not work. I'm telling you, I've done it. It does not work. Don't do it. Uh, you wouldn't list those same four books today for four dollars right nope. they were sitting in front of you no no way i mean i'm clearing maybe a dollar fifty i'm getting more than i acquired them for but the time that went in my time my employees time no no not worth it at all i'm blowing up another lame duck excuse here uh uh, but I sold it for $3, Johnny, and they paid shipping. So I'm making $3 at the end of the day. No, you're not. Your buy cost, your time. If we break, listen, it should be required, a, a new requirement in the reselling realm. No matter where you are, right? Like Deb's got me watching these futuristic virtual reality shows, like where you can walk by and you can see people's like, oh, Johnny's a four-star human, right? It's over his head. Like it's it's in the, in the, in the universe somewhere. If you're reselling, and you're on YouTube, there should be a little thing over your head that says what your hourly rate, like how much you're making per hour in your reselling business. And I guarantee you, a lot of it is well under the $15 mark per hour. And I would argue that a lot of it's under the $10 an hour mark. Right. I mean, I say it all the time in Discord whenever somebody asks me, should I do this? Or they ask in general and I go in and answer, should I do this? Should I do this? Well, how much is your time worth? Would you make more money sending in a box or doing an eBay listing or that? Whatever you're trying, whatever that may be. If the answer is I make more money listing, Johnny, or make more money sending in a box, well, you should probably do that instead. I almost like, if we think about it, right? I 3X my my time and value when I compare Amazon to eBay, right? 
I'll, I'll send a, a DVD in that's going to make me $7 on Amazon. On eBay, it needs to make me, you know, I need to sell for, you know, at least $20. So it's almost like a 3x comparison because the time it takes to list on eBay, the customer service, the packing the actual item and shipping the actual item, which doesn't exist on Amazon. That's why, like, it's a completely different game when you look at the two. And that's why I always say Amazon's a lot less work because once you send it in Amazon, the software takes care of everything versus once you listen on eBay, it's sitting back behind Johnny on the shelf waiting for it to sell. He's got a full blown inventory system that he developed over months and years of, you know, being in the business. So something sells, he's got to go, all right, B32, bingo. He's got to go find that on one of the shelves, right? And a lot of people don't even have the inventory system. So it's like we we waste so much time and you just like, I don't know. It's just, I just get on a tangent with the higher ASP stuff because people are so, they don't want to do it. It's like, I'm going to find nothing. And I think, it's the, I think it's the opposite. I think if you start looking for the better stuff, all of a sudden it starts turning up. It's like, it's the way the world works. Yeah. It's hard to switch your brain into this, but if you could do it, 10 your rents due and you're short, would you not do whatever you could? You got three days left to go get the rest of the rent money somehow, some way, find a way. If you could think in those terms, you can go do it. You got three days. Go find the extra 200 bucks you need to cover the rent. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but most people don't. I mean, we have, yeah. to, we have to realize the reselling niche is a lot of, uh, a lot of time wasting, low value, you know, it's basically like low value time that you're spending. And a lot of people think they have a reselling business and they get all these sales. And at the end of the day, they're not making no money. And it's just like, we just get in this, it's like a rat race. Like a lot of us get out of the rat race. Like I left CVS because I wanted to resell. Like I wouldn't continue. I wouldn't resell if when I sold something on eBay, I made anything under ten dollars you know like why why <laughs> this is like torture dude it's like like nightmare fuel for me and people are just like well i'm gonna list fifty thousand items today and even though they're all gonna be three dollars and fifty cents i got them for free and i'm gonna make i'm just like no this is not the way to run a business just because you can sit here all day and have a video of packing my orders and i got 85 orders on ebay and they're all for five dollars it's like you made nothing <laughs> like at the end of the day, the time. And we're not even talking like the fancy packing materials we have. Right. You know, we're not talking about the customer service time. So that kind of wraps up the ASP. But I do think there is another side to this is like working less and making more money. And it's the processes. We kind of just hit on it with like the inventory system. Right. So it's like imagine if Johnny B didn't have his categorized books in alphabetical and number order and you know i came along and i just had them in bins right because bins is the big thing in in the reselling world you just have them in those clear bins if you're watching on youtube he's got those standard tupperware bins behind him instead of having them on shelves in some kind of sequential order like right there alone is going to get back how much of your life like i would like i would love for you to just like have a day where you like it wouldn't work, but theoretically, if all your stuff was in those type of bins and like an average day for you where you get like 50 orders and it's like, all right, I got to go find the bins and then dig through the bin to find that. How much one. time do you spend opening and shutting lids? Add that up. It's a lot. It's crazy to think about because a lot of people don't like kind of look at it. And I think it's like, even though it's pushed out there so much, right? Like I listened to, to uh, Dale Refinement, you know, Chris and Tech and like their podcast is all about making your life easier. 
and it actually makes your business make more money. But it's like there's always like this pushback because people don't want to do it a way that makes sense because today they got to change what they're doing. Is it because like we're scared of changing everything? Because I've been doing it this way for 10 years. My bins have been working fine, even though there's a proven way that if you inventory your, your inventory this way, you're, you're going to save, you know, 20 seconds per listing, 20 seconds per order purchase. And like you said, you don't think about it like 20 seconds. Who cares, JB? Like 20 seconds is nothing. But you start compounding that all of a sudden it's years of your life. Yeah. Like how much how many weeks can you save? And those weeks could go out to be sourcing to bring back better inventory. You could have done that because you spent 20 seconds opening a lid every now and then and digging through. Let's just say they were organized. You still got to do one of these to find it. And that and that's if you did if you didn't make a human error and accidentally put it in a different bin. Now you're now you're doing one of these. Which one's it in? We gotta go find it. No. It's it's uh it's tough because I was I, I recorded a video the other day and I was talking about it like I don't think resellers like treat their business like a business. I think they treat it like like just like a joke or kind of a game or like even the ones that try to act like, oh yeah, this is my business, <laughs> like they don't do things that any business would do. Right. They just do everything like the hardest, most, you know, ironical way to possibly do something just because you're just like, well, I'm a reseller. I can I can do do that all day long on eBay. Yeah, I mean, I've not listened before and I paid a price for it when I didn't listen to people who knew better than me. It's like, I got a better idea. I'm a pretty smart guy. Let me try this first. You know what? I just should have listened. <laughs> I'll uh I'll throw a process out there that kind of really changed uh got a, got a lot of my time back is scheduling things to be done on certain days right so I only ship out one day a week right Saturday so I can go thrifting every single day of the week and I know Saturday is the day everything is getting boxed and loaded to the car to go to UPS on Monday I think little things like that it adds up right you you start losing time right because if every day I go thrifting I come home. I peel the stickers and I make a box every day. That is not more efficient than wait until the end of the week, knowing okay, I got to peel stickers off all of these, and then they're all going out. I think it's I think it's more a focused attack. I think focus kind of plays into this, where you're not getting pulled a million different ways in reselling because there are a million different things, right? It's like, uh, you know, people say, hey, do your customer service in the morning, right? It's like, uh. Do you just sit and do customer service all day long or is it just kind of time framed out? So like, say if you're, you know, it's one o'clock in the morning, but you do customer service in the morning and a message comes through, like, should you let it sit until the morning or should you answer right then? I would say you would probably let it sit because what happens is all of a sudden you're getting pulled a million different directions. You know, it's like you have a set time for this and people be perfectly fine waiting a few more hours to get a response because this is the time for your business where you address those concerns. Now, if it's something like, hey, the sky is falling, sure, then you want to take care of it. But that's usually not the case. It's usually something dumb like, hey, what's the what's the size of the shirt? What's uh what's the inside of the book look like? Um, I don't know. Give me some processes where you're going to do less and it's going to make you more money. Even if you don't think about it in a monetary way, think about it in like a time way because time is money at the end of the day. Uniform packaging, streamlining that. Like, I used to play save all the boxes. I don't know when I'm going to use them for what, but I'll need them, right? No, that was dumb. Uh, I had a whole storage unit, nothing but just boxes. I literally just throw boxes in there. When I need a box, I lift it open. They all spill out, and I find the one I need and go pack the item. I stopped doing that. It, 
though I had to pay money for uniform packaging, it was well worth it for all the time saved, all the stress. You got to find the right size box. No. Uh, another one is. I mean, th this is going to sound stupid, but I found it more time effective for me to park my truck with it facing out so I could just drive away when I need to go to the post office. Um, or any errand, actually. It saves a couple seconds. But again, we're talking about compounding seconds. Because I used to park, back it out, rear it out, and then drive out. But me just going one of these, I'd say that's half the time. I mean, it's it's little stupid things like that. That's All that compounding seconds you save adds up with all the little micromanaging stuff like that. I went, had a color coding inventory system. Or let's say, no, I had one of these, the tub system. And then I moved to bookshelf color coding date based system to now a sequential number system i mean that it's so much easier just to find it and then even on that we weren't taking photos of the thing and i mentioned this on a previous podcast the the skew number uh we didn't account for human well kind of did but we said it won't happen very often it happened a little too often so now we're redoing that so even if we have a human error the photo will never lie to us so just got to keep tweaking I do think another thing that uh, I personally take advantage of is uh, thrifting when it makes sense. You're probably thinking, what are you talking mm -hmm. about? If your thrift store is all for a discount, why aren't you thrifting on those days? Uh, I mean, I would love to hear your answer because even if you're part-time, you should still be able to fit your thrifting day in on the half-off day, the senior day, whatever discount, the mil active military day. Um, personally for me, I literally revolve my two thrifting days around those. And you're probably thinking, well, you know, what am I going to do? Well, I'm literally getting all my stuff for a half price, what I would pay going any other day. You might not think that's a big deal, but I'm here to tell you, the lower your buy cost is, the more money you're going to make, the longer you're going to be around at the end of the day. So it's like, why aren't you thrifting on the days where you can get a discount? And I don't want to hear none of your lame duck excuses either, because when I was working full-time at CVS and I wanted to get out of that job, um, you better believe I was dragging dead like every day after work, you know, when I could get a discount, half off days, things like that. So like, oh, I'm tired from work. That's, that excuse don't work no more. Honestly, like if you're tired from work, then you clearly don't want to have this business outside to get out of your job at the end of the day. That's just a reality. But I do think like people don't take advantage of that stuff, even if it's 10%, right? You know, like that's still 10% less you're paying. If you compound it over the 10,000 items you're going to buy in the year, you're putting $1,000, if it's a dollar piece, back into your pocket. at the end. And, if, and if I tell anybody, here's an extra $1,000 a year, you're going to take it the second you think about it. Question on that, because I'm curious. Is your, do you have a lot of competition in your area? I do. It's hit or miss. Uh, recently, I've come across more scanners, but they don't scan everything. They're lazy. So, like, competition really doesn't even bother me anymore, but I do have competition, and I rarely see them on half off days. I usually, there's one Salvation Army where there's like, me and Deb call it like the reselling Salvation Army because on half off day when I go, there's like 10 people flying through the t-shirts trying to find like the vintage. You can literally hear the, it, the, the clothing flying. guys go so fast. They're so fast. That store is just nothing but resellers. But I mean, there's always something for you. You don't know what their business model is. You don't know, like, are they, for me at least, are they ungated to DVDs and CDs? Most of these book people, they stick to their books. They make their little bit of money and they just be miserable, right? Me, I can go hit the, hit the CDs, hit the DVDs and uh, kind of switch it up. And then I always go back and scan behind these people anyway. But I, I don't, uh, half off day, I'm there. And honestly, like, 
sure the stores are packed, but I mean, it's not like everybody's in there scanning the books. And if there are people looking at the books, they're probably looking for something I'm not, or, you know, they're definitely not ungated in DVDs and CDs because a lot of the, a lot of the old time booksellers, like, I don't know, they're stuck in their ways and good riddance when they go away. Unfortunately, if you're an old time bookseller, that's just miserable. And, you know, sits at one store all day long. See you later. Bye. So here's something I learned from Mr. Tech. He he didn't go in on the, the sales days. He went in on the day before. But his his competition was like you're saying. There's like 10, 30 clothing sellers. So he had to be a little bit more aggressive with it. So they would come in on half day and he'd already gone through everything. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And that, uh, they even talk about it like when they do like the flea markets, right? They're, if you if I go in early, the, yeah. If I talk to the average person, like you go to a flea market, we're going to get there at like what, seven, maybe eight o'clock, right? These guys are out there at 2 3 a.m. Yeah. Right. Like the sun's not even up and they have their relationships like and their business model. That's how you win. I think for what like Amazon sellers do, I don't think there is a need for that. But for, for what those guys built and what they you know, the businesses they have today, that's how you win. That's just the hard reality of it. You got to be up at 3 a.m. You got to have the relationship at the flea market and you got to be willing. Right. There is a point where maybe going the day before the half off sale, kind of like they do, and paying the full price is still going to net you more money right. than picking through the scraps on the half off day because he already hit the whole rack and you're stuck with the leftovers. Exactly. Like, I agree with you. I don't think it's hyper competitive like it is in the clothing realm, but it's interesting to think about. If, I, if either one of us were that hyper aggressive with the books, CDs, or DVDs, geez. <laughs> but we don't need to. That's the thing. Like you were saying, we don't need to. Yeah, exactly. I think I think there is a you know a business model where that makes sense, and clothing is one of those because you know there's only so many racks, there's only so many brands, and uh, you you have to be ahead of everybody. And I mean, every thrift store you go into, there's always somebody looking to resell clothing. I mean, even it don't matter what day of the week it is, you can always see the people that are looking at the tags, not even looking at what it looks like. Right? They're just tagging, boom, 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 boom. Now there's there's only two. Or I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I think there's only two things you need to be early for. Uh, well, three. Uh, we mentioned one of them was flea market, garage sales, and estate sales, uh, in, in media at least. Um, estate sales not so much because they usually uh, ignore the uh, books, but garage sales you got you got grandma. She's gonna grab a couple, and what grandma bought may have been a high valued book. Um, and flea market. Uh, again, I think like what you said, establishing those relationships just to make sure, like, again, the case of grandma coming in and scooping a high value book up, but you don't have to do it every day kind of thing. Just when you need to source, I think. Yeah. But even that process, right. Of going, even their process of going to these flea markets at three o'clock, they are not only winning the best inventory, they are winning their time because they can go there for the week, grab all their inventory in three to four hours and then somebody like myself has got to be at the thrift store five days a week to even come close to picking up the stuff they got it's just like not only do they win in the aspect of hey they're getting the good stuff they're also getting a lot of their time back like that's another thing like this is basically what we're talking about it's a process that's going to make you more money and give you you know more time to kind of do the things you want to do now check this out like earlier on i dealt with a thrift store uh they went out of business unfortunately I gave them the tubs you see in the back and they'd have them in their back room and they'd fill them up. All I said was paperbacks in one tub, hardbacks in the other. 
and they give me a ring when all eight were filled. And I just come drive up there and pick up all eight tubs. And I'd exchange, I get, I take the full tubs. I give them eight empties, like call me when these are full. That's how I did it. I didn't have to go in the front. I didn't have to spend time boxing it up. They just did it for me because they, they had so much. Uh, but sadly, they were no more. And I don't need it right now anyway. So I'm kind of <laughs> glad they did go out of business. So basically what we're saying here is thrifting is the is going to be the time sink for most people, right? It's sourcing. If you can figure out ways, you know, kind of like what you're saying, kind of like Tech and Chris do, you know, flea markets, having those relationships, that's how you win because that inventory is always going to be there. You're always going to have a, a con you can always have a conversation with the person, right? If I'm going every week to the flea market, uh, like they even talk about, like, you know, he, he wears the same shirt every time he goes to the flea market, right? They know it's the blue cat shirt guy, right? Like every single time I show up, like they know, hey, there's blue cat. Oh, exactly, right? And it's, that's why relationships you can't you can't undervalue them but people don't want it they just want to rely on the thrift stores they don't want to go in and talk to a manager see where their inventory is coming from see what they're doing with the extra stuff they just want to go in and look at the stuff on the shelf and that's it that's where that's where it ends right i mean even you and i we both deal with libraries so there's that connection like either you well yours i think calls you in before mine calls me in at the end um the one i deal with on a regular basis so getting those done i was i was very nice and friendly to them and they love me they even came from my opening for my brick and mortar this weekend they're like this is so cool and they even bought books even though i said i don't want your money they gave me money anyway i was like i really don't want your money librarian ladies it's okay yeah so i think i think we're going to kind of wrap it up here it's just you know there are ways to make more money and do less. That sounds so like scammy, dude. It's like, it's like, I feel like I'm about to pitch a course. You want to make a million dollars and do not lift a finger. Like it's, so it's like that guy that had the, the suit on with all the little question marks and his stupid little book. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's the reality of it. My business from this time last year to this time this year is living proof that you can do a lot less work, 80% less work and make the same amount of money. You just have to be willing to look at your business, say, hey, where can I get some time back? Where can I make more money? Stop chasing the junk. Like, what's your opinion on on the on this on this junk that people, sh you know, at least for me, like I see it on YouTube, like what sold videos? Like, if somebody sells something for like five bucks or under, like, give me your opinion as a full time eBay seller of people selling the junk. You need to sell so much of it a day, like thousands pieces a day to even make that viable long-term to make it worth your time. But even then, that's a lot of work to even be able to, even if you're just scanning, right? It's still going to take you a while to sling that up, thousand pieces a day. And then you're talking about a giant warehouse. Then you're probably talking about some forklift op. There's an easier way, guys. There's it a don't way work. easier way. You just summed it up. It, it doesn't work as you as a solo entrepreneur. It is so hard to scale that business. Unless you have your processes, which we talked about, it's just as important as, you know, finding better quality stuff, unless you have your processes down, right? Like we have people like Jared on here where he, you know, all he does is CDs. Every CD that comes in that Gaylord gets listed, but his processes are clean as can be. There's nothing, there's no way where he can be more efficient. So like the processes are what's going to make or break. If you're going to play that long game, you better be selling one specific item have the same exact the packet materials like you said like that's a i used to be that deb used to hate it dude i used to have boxes and bubble wrap like all over the apartment oh i remember when i used bubble wrap don't no mike no 
I'm going through mine. I'm going through the last of my American bubble boy bubble wrap. Um, and like as much as it pains me to do it, I actually I smile on the inside and I make sure everything gets a little few extra go arounds just so I can get extra rid of it faster. Yeah. Uh, so uh yeah, things like that. It all adds up and just, you know, get in the mindset of make yourself a little bit more money and have a little bit more free time. I know it's crazy to think, right? Whoa, I'm a reseller and I don't have to be at the thrifts or be listed on eBay all day, every day, but it is possible. And just be smart about it. Like, give me your last two cents on making more and doing less. Like, get, give me something you're thinking about doing that's going to make you more and you're going to do less. And then I'll go back to mine and then we'll wrap it up there. I'm thinking about pushing hard on my brick and mortar side, the trading aspect, just to have inventory come to me on a regular basis. So I have to go out less, but I get more brought into me or the same amount brought into me i don't i may not have to go out as much as i had to last year but it's the early stages of that so we'll see how that goes uh for me i'm gonna make a whole lot more because i'm just gonna send all my duds to johnny and i'm gonna make him commission like his brick and mortar like i'm gonna get 90 percent. he's gonna get 10 percent. no uh for me though it's like i've been refining my routes a little bit more kind of picking and choosing, you know, how many stores I can get into. Maybe this one's a little bit out of the way, but it does really well. Uh, just monitoring your sources and know how often you should go out. Because if I drive an hour one way, you know, and I go there two times a month and one time every single month I go, I find nothing. That whole day shot, I literally just burn one of my days. So like being smart about your sources and that's kind of what I've been doing is just seeing how often I need to go to certain places to make the most bang for my buck. And sure, thrifting is always a chance, right? Maybe someone donates their collection and I miss out on it. But you have to be smart about these things. You can't just can't just shoot from the hip anymore with reselling. You got to start treating it like a business. All right, we're gonna we appreciate y'all listening, and uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next Wednesday, as always. The podcast episodes come out every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Johnny B shooting off his Texas pistols over there. If you're in Texas, stop by uh, Johnny B's brick and mortar store. Do you want to plug like your 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 brand new brick and mortar store in case somebody out there is listening? You never know, dude. Where are you at? Where are you located? Sure. <laughs> 827 South Main Street, City of Winsboro. There's two ends in that. State of Texas, zip code 75494. Come on in and get yourself a free book. Free book guarantee every single day. You get a free book every single day so you can camp out in the parking lot for, you know, the next 30 days. And every morning you can go in and grab yeah. your free book. Yeah. So all right. we appreciate y'all listening. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Reseller's Mindset Podcast. Today's full episode and all previous episodes are available to all YouTube members along with the weekly Zoom call and private Discord. Head on over to youtube.com backslash the used book guy and consider joining for as little as $2.99 a month.